0: Welcome back, Creepies. It is officially spooky season, and to help us get in a super creepy mood, I have a very special guest that will do the trick. Please welcome Neil Romrell, who is an incredible author of a series called Sight Alpha that is based all around cryptids. But don't worry, he has a few encounters with darkness he'll want to share as well. Let's get into it. I have also read your work, not all of it. I haven't, I suck, I know.
1: You're fine.
0: I'm loving yours. I am into chapter two, I freaking love Chuck. (laughs) So for for everybody out there, Chuck is what I want to be. I wanna harness everything about her and just become Chuck. This is now my goal
1: in life. I believe you can do it, I believe you can do it.
0: I don't know, she's she's pretty badass. So the beginning of this book, everybody it is called site alpha it is about this secret organization called the family which that is on my notes to ask you about the family by all means because that is just badass where the inspiration for that came from it gives me like mobster vibes like i just i dig it like i just picture if the penguin and like all of them were good guys like that would be the family (laughs) I mean, I I like that. I like that. (laughs) Oh, good. So like, okay, so that theme is going to carry out throughout the rest of the book because I'm loving it. So the family, what they do is they protect cryptids. Now, I'm not that I'm not that far into the book, so I'm not quite sure if it's like allowing the cryptids to do what they do best Or if there's more interaction with the family and the cryptids, I'm not that far into it, but I'm loving everything that's playing out so far. It's a lot of character development you're getting, but it's in between a lot of action building, which I thought was so fantastic. Like you have this giant sparring scene in the very beginning, but through this sparring scene, you're getting to know both the characters so well, like their personality what their goals are, and I'm trying not to get too attached to anyone that you've introduced so far because I feel like you are so sneaky, and I feel like one of these people are not good. That's my first instinct. <laughs> so I'm trying not to get too attached to anybody except for Chuck.
1: There you go. There you go. That's a, that's a safe bet. Let's put it that way. That's a safe bet. I think you can at least get attached yeah. to her.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm mad attached to Chuck. Everybody else, I'm like, I don't know about you. I, I like you. And that's the thing. I like everybody. So I'm going to be so devastated <laughs> if I'm right. And someone is a moly mole.
1: You're just gonna my, get my lips are sealed. T- my lips are sealed.
0: Oh no! <laughs> you're you're gonna get tagged in so many TikToks. It's just gonna be me like snot crying. <laughs> I trusted you. <laughs> so, so where was the inspiration for the family?
1: So, well, what what really got me? I I had tried to write books numerous times, and what. But this was kind of my, like the thing that happened for COVID, right? Like everybody had Mm -hmm. that thing that when COVID hit, we kind of escaped into our own worlds in some cases. My daughters and I had kind of been talking one night and, you know, we'd kind of come up, I'd kind of come up with this very loose, just beginning to this book, right? Just this, I kind of had that first scene with the the sparring and this and that. And I knew what I kind of wanted them to do as far as I wanted them to be protecting cryptids. What I didn't know is exactly how that was going to play out. And so as I started to kind of look into things, one of the bits of research I did was I wanted to give I wanted to give the organization at least some history. Right. (laughs) Because, you know, I wanted it to be said modernly, but I also didn't want it to just be like, well, where did these people come from? And so um, so I went and I said, "Okay, well, the Civil War seems to be like a good catalyst. Right. Like that would be a good place to say, okay, there was there was there was, you know, actual war on the grounds. Uh, you know, in at, at a time that wasn't way too far past, and so, um, so I kind of just started digging around, and I found a bunch of old court records from upstate New York, and there was this—I don't remember what it was. It was a claim of some kind, or somebody was suing somebody, but there were these two groups and it was the the Rogers well I got I took the name Rogers and Griffin from that that paper I don't remember if it was the exact families that were involved I think one of the last names was like one of the lawyers names and one of the other names was something else and I was like okay these two people had an actual dispute once back in like you know 1870 or whatever in New York State and so now this is what has grown to be this this thing with cryptids that they they were actually you know in a battle to protect cryptids so anyway
0: I love I love that so so much now with cryptids. Has this always been a fascination? With have you like just always kind of been drawn
1: to the the cryptid type lures? So you and I have t- talked just very briefly about this in the past about the that. Like I've had paranormal experiences with you know things like you know apparitions and I've I've seen UFOs. One thing I can never definitively say I've actually ever encountered is a cryptid. And so I've I, growing up where I grew up, which is out in Idaho. There's all these stories, you know, Bigfoot and, you know, lake monsters and all kinds of stuff. And I never personally had an experience with something like that. And that was also part of the catalyst of this book is why don't, you know, why have we not been able to find the definitive, like the one smoking gun about cryptids? It always seems like it's, you know, we're just barely at the edge of our ability to perceive it. Well, maybe it's because there's somebody out there that's dusting up the tracks all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody's out there actively trying to keep them you know, safe from the rest of us.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it would probably screw things up. So we yeah. would we can't be
0: tr- like we already as humans, we don't deserve animals. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like so we we definitely don't deserve magical creatures. Like
1: <laughs> that's that was pretty much my thought process there. So
0: yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. And I have actually I've done a mini series on here where I went through the Indiana cryptids. But I I basically tried to debunk each and every single one of them, which some of them are like Native American, you know, inspired or where they came from. So it was really like stepping on toes, I felt like, to, to do that, but to look at everything from more of like a skeptical mindset of why do we have so many reportings of these creatures, but we don't have anything definitive. So what could it have been that people thought they saw?
1: Oh, absolutely. And that was one of the that was one of the things that I enjoyed the most about writing Site Alpha is actually going back and doing a lot of the research on where like legends about cryptids came from, right? Like where mm-hmm. did some of these where did some of these these creatures of the night um, get conjured up? Because it's not that cryptids are like solely an American thing, but some of the more outrageous right. ones very much are, I think, that's yeah. spotted in North America, so.
0: Yeah, we, we do have some really weird ones. Now, I will say that the cool thing that I have noticed just through doing different research bits on like cryptids or for my own writing or whatever, um, there are a lot of different cryptids from around the world that if you don't look at the name of them and just look at like the description of these things, it's like, oh, well, that's the exact same thing, kind of like a Yeti and the Bigfoot. Absolutely. Like that's the, it's the same thing Why aren't we just calling them the same thing, but then it's the different cultures. So that's when it gets weird for me. And that's when it's hard for me to try to debunk something when you can find it in different cultures around you know around the world and in different time periods it would make more sense if it was something that started in like the 19th century on but when you can date it back to like the 15th century and like all of these different time periods that it's been reported then that's when i start to get a little well that's odd
1: <laughs> no you're 100% correct on that that is 100% the truth and that's that's something that It's very interesting, like you said, because it it was one thing like now in the modern age with the Internet, if somebody were to spot something and it gets around, you know, the Internet in 50 seconds kind of thing. Right. Whereas. Right. Back in the day, it would be almost impossible to have had somebody in the Himalayas have contacted somebody in, you know, uh, North America or, you know, like. And yet they all have these very similar stories. And it's like, oh, well, that does make you think, doesn't it?
0: So have you been on paranormal investigations?
1: So I have never I have never done like a proper investigation. I will be honest. Um, I have encountered uh, some very interesting things uh, in my time. But uh, I've never properly gone out and been able to, like, say that, you know, I went and, and tried to actively go out and seek out the paranormal. Usually it's just something that kind of happens. So, yeah. And the thing that's funny to me, I, 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 in my mind, it's funny. And I assume that it's, it's, it's probably not that I'm trying to project funny onto other people. It's just when I tell some of the stories that I have about paranormal experiences, including like UFOs and stuff are very like milk toasts right they're just so like like literally the first time i saw what i know for a fact was a ufo i was mowing my my lawn as a kid right like i'm just outside mm-hmm. mowing the lawn and that's when i see this unexplainable object in the sky and it was like, oh, okay, that was really weird. But again, it wasn't like I was, you know, I didn't get, you know, sucked up through. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I might have. I, I, I did lose a little bit of time. I, don't, I do know that. But I don't know what happened, you know, other than that I was standing right. in my lawnmower. But, you know, but stuff like that. And so it's, you know, it, it's not that I ever, like, go out actively going, hey, you know, it would be really cool if I could go out and see a ghost at this haunted place. It's like I'll be at somebody's house and they're like, oh, you know, we have some weird things happen and I'll see something. I'll be like, well, you know, yeah, you've got... A guy standing in your bathroom right now
0: and I'm, yeah you should I'm do, to buddy. be there
1: so yeah yeah that's that's usually my experience with the paranormal
0: so they find you so you are the person that I would want to take with me like hello everyone this is uh bait I mean neil right <laughs> uh, yeah oh that's great no i think that i think that you should especially with the i think that that would be awesome marketing for your book if you just went out in the woods looking for Bigfoot just to see if you would sign your book
1: that would that would be cool I have uh I have uh long you know it's something that I plan to do once I get a couple more books in the in the in the series out because I would like to start going to like Bigfoot conventions and things like that and going to places because again I grew up in Idaho I do have some family out there I would love to go out and hang around in the woods for a little while and try to figure out what's going on in the, the woods of the West. But anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. I haven't left Indiana as a... I mean, I personally, I have traveled to every state except for Hawaii and Alaska. But for paranormal investigations, it has strictly been in Indiana, which is a super creepy state. <laughs> Doesn't get enough recognition for how creepy it is. But the whole country kind of has its own little weirdness that's going on.
1: <laughs> very true very true i would
0: love i'd love to explore so if i make it out your way or to idaho you're gonna to have to come there too. show me stomping grounds and absolutely. we can go look for a bigfoot there you go so you go. so you hinted at paranormal experiences but do you want to share where you've seen like a
1: ghost maybe absolutely i so my absolutely. My probably most profound paranormal encounter was with what I believe the Irish call a fetch. I think is what they actually call them like that's their proper name um in folklore. But the thing that's weird about that experience is a I had somebody with me, which is the reason that I I don't I don't feel bad sharing it in that regard because there was a witness with me literally at the time that happened but Uh I also don't like to share the names of the people involved because somebody actually did die in this instance. So Oh Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to like make light of that. It's, it's just one of those things where, where something happened that was actually a tragedy, but I encountered something during that tragedy that I can't explain. Right. And that my, my friend that was with me, we could not, neither of us could explain because it, it wouldn't make sense as far as, you know, the physics of the, the real world. It has to be a paranormal encounter, but uh, literally, when I was in high school, a friend of mine and I were helping with a talent show that the school was holding. And so we were, I think we were supposed to take money, I think was what our gig was that time. It was whatever club was putting it on, we were part of that club. And so we had our the school, where I went to school in high school, had two separate buildings. It was the main building, which was the school. And then we had this very old, like from the 50s radar station, like a huge, huge dome and that was our gymnasium and auditorium. We're inside, we're like housed inside this old radar station. There. And it was it was like our school was like it was kind of known for the fact that it had this huge dome thing sitting next to it. Yeah. And so we were in the dome and the teacher that was supervising us or whatever said, Hey, I need you guys to go back into to my classroom and bring I forgot what she had forgotten. There was something she had forgotten in her classroom that we needed to go get. So she gives us the keys because there was nobody else in the main building. Everybody was, it was like I said, it was hours after school was out. We were, everybody that was supposed to, or that was there for this talent show was supposed to be in the dome exclusively. So we go back into the main body of the school and we come in and there's, our school had this big long hallway in the middle of it. And then there was like all these like separate little areas all off the main hallway, right? There's all the different places, like pods where the, the rooms were and everything. And as we're walking down that main hallway, these two other uh, guys that were in our class came walking around from one of the other hallways like from one of the little pot areas and I'm like in my mind I'm thinking why are they here a because it seems weird but but one of them one of them at least I think one of their parents was part of the school system so I I mean maybe that's you know like maybe you can excuse that away like okay but uh we said mm-hmm. hello we acknowledged them we called them by name And they didn't respond, they didn't say anything, they looked at us, and then they just kept walking.
0: So you acknowledged them, but they didn't say anything?
1: They didn't respond. And again, this wasn't like these were good friends per se. That, and that's the other weird thing about this. It's not like these two people were close to me in any capacity, right? They were technically in my grade. I had known them for a long time. You know, it, it, it was what it was. We saw them. They walked by us. They didn't say anything to us, but that was okay. They, like I said, we just kind of thought, well, maybe they're just being jerks. Maybe they're doing something wrong that they weren't supposed to. And they heard us come in, and that's why they left. We didn't know, Right. Right. So we go to the class, we get the stuff, we go back to the to the dome. We don't see them as we go back. But you know, again, whatever. So this talent show starts. The talent show started at seven o'clock. We had gone in about 15 minutes before the talent show started. So that this, all these all these numbers are very important when it all comes out. Um, so the first like half of the talent show, there's like an intermission around I don't know, 7:30, something like that. Seven sometime a ways into the talent show, there's this intermission. And so we had gone in and sat down at that time. And we came back out because we were, I guess it was our turn to run the snack counter or something. And there were these two girls in the lobby that were crying. And we were thinking that was kind of weird. And then if, if if it had been like in the modern day, everybody's cell phones would have started lighting up because it's a small town where it gets around eventually. Yeah. Back then that was no such thing. It was, you know, you kind of had all, you had to play telephone, you know, in person. And um, so it the starts coming. Yeah. You know, so it starts getting, it gets back to us that somebody was, there was a wreck. And then one of our, one of the people that we knew that was at the talent show came and said, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so and so we're just in a really bad wreck. Somebody said, and my friend and I looked at each other and was like, well, oh man, they, it must've happened literally the second they left the school. Cause we just saw them less than an hour ago inside the building. And everybody's like, oh, that's um. weird except that we didn't learn until the next day that accident happened at like six forty ish or something like about the time we would have been seeing them is when the accident was happening and it was happening miles from where the school was it was not at the school it was all the way on the other side of town halfway out into the county and so that a fetch is technically like when you see a specter of somebody who's about to die or who's about to befall a tragedy is what a is. Yeah. and that's what we encountered i it's the only way i can explain it because those guys could not have been at the school and been getting in the wreck at the same time, you know? And so, no. uh, so yeah, that was that was like the most profound one that I've ever personally, and like I said, my friend was there, he saw it too, he knew what happened. And uh, anyway, so it was, it was weird.
0: That is, that's so weird. I will, I will share a very similar, very similar. So I was in high school and I had this friend who was friends with everybody. This was one of those kids Who he just, he knew everyone, he knew everyone's dirt, but like he just kept it to himself unless he needed to use it. Like he was just one of those clever cats and he was super cool. Well, I was pregnant at this time. (laughs) I had, this is after high school. Okay, just ended high school. I immediately got pregnant after high school and he had, he graduated as well. And I look across the street, I'm driving, and I look across the street and I see my friend. And I'm just like, what is he? He lives in a different town, like what is he doing? It's not, it's just the next town over, so it's not that uncommon, but why would he be walking? Yeah, like it made no sense that he would be walking down the sidewalk. He had a very nice car, like we just didn't do that. We weren't that active as youngsters, I guess. (laughs) So I just thought it was weird. He like did the little head nod at me. So he acknowledged that he saw me. And then later that day, I found out that the day before, so not the day of, but the day before he had died in a car accident. Oh my gosh. So I was very like, there's no way. I just saw him yesterday. Again, I'm pregnant. I do have schizophrenia, (laughs) but I didn't know that he was dead. Yep. So it was just really really weird. And I actually thought about him on my way home from work today, which is so weird, like an old school song came on the radio that like never plays. And it was one of me and his favorite songs. Aww. Blueberry Yum Yum by Ludacris, just in case anyone thought that this was going to be like, oh, what a gu- what a good song. I wonder what it was. <laughs>
1: Hey, music, music <laughs> brings memories. That's all there is to it.
0: It does. So I, I was just, I was in our old stomping grounds, like our old town that we would hang out in. That's where I was driving through. And I was like, oh, how cool that it played like at this point and just did my little memories of him. And then you shared this story. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so weird. But yeah, no. So I, I have not even looked much into fetches or thought that that would be what I saw that day. But that's very interesting that you, you bring that up.
1: I've seen, like, other apparitions, but I've never seen something that was that real. Does that make sense? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, usually when you see something, yeah. it's 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 blurry or it's you kind of know that there's somebody there. You can feel them, but, but yes. you don't physically just see this absolute, like, image, right? And this was just, like, it would literally have been if they were there in living person, right there, yeah. living and breathing, walking by us, and we didn't know any different. And it was... Like I said it was just that was I think that's the part that like still to this day like it, it's the part that kind of is the spine tingler for me is that this wasn't like you we didn't see some kind of weird floating things we didn't see anybody looking no. uglier and dead or anything it was just we literally just saw these two people walking. And at that same moment, they were, you know, being getting in this, you know, horrific tragedy kind of situation. So it's creepy, but uh, you never know. Stranger things happen, I guess. So
0: that is very, very accurate. But yeah, no, I agree. It was the same thing, like flesh and blood. You wouldn't have thought anything was unusual about that other than he was walking down the side of the walk. Like, so are you? I would say that you are a firm paranormal believer.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. My. My aunt. Now, you—you, you, I believe, mentioned this. That you had an out-of-body experience, or you died, or something happened. Is this this is accurate? Oh yes, I forgot that we were going to talk about this. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yes, I have died. Um, but no. So my my aunt. I have an aunt who's my my father's sister. When she was like eight or nine, I don't know, she was like maybe before she was ten. She she was at the they were at the local swimming pool. And she dove in, and I don't remember what happened, if she hit her head, how exactly she ended up at the bottom of the pool, but she went down and didn't come back up. And somebody there that was not the lifeguard jumped in and pulled her out and started giving her CPR. And after she woke up, after she was revived and in the hospital or whatever happened to her, she knew who this man was even though this was a total stranger, not only did she know who this man was, she knew his name and everything else, but it's because what she said is, is that she, wa- she was floating above herself and watching him give her CPR at the side of the pool while she watched him doing this. And like, oh, yeah, so she had, she had had this whole weird out of body experience thing, right? And so when I was like eight years old, I had to have uh, surgery on my heart. Uh, and so I had gone in and they did this whole thing. And I was, I think I was supposed to be asleep, but for some reason, one of the nurses woke me up. And I remember my mom being really mad about that. And so they just took me in and did the surgery anyway. But I'm awake during this surgery. And so they put this whole thing over your head and you can't see anything. And it was very bizarre. And again, I was eight years old. But at some point, I remember the doctor telling me, hey, you're going to feel some pressure because he had they had been trying to help me along. Yada, yada, yada. And yeah. the next thing I know, they're taking me to a different room which seemed really weird, right? But it wasn't like yeah. I was like floating above myself or anything. I just was watching this the hallway drive, you know, go by as they were wheeling me into this other room. And so later on, at some point I wake up in the hospital and everything's cool. Nobody tells me anything, says anything weird. I do my recovery, I go home, fine. Years later, I'm like 16 or 17, I'm at home during watching, I don't know, it was probably with some of the guys from the band. We were watching like Discovery Channel or something and they're showing this operation that I had. They're talking about this exact operation. And I asked my mom, uh, "It just something in, for some reason, watching that on this TV screen triggered my me to ask my mom, hey, why did they move me during surgery? And she gave me yeah. this really funny look and she said, what? And I said, why did they take me out of the OR and put me in this other room during surgery and she says you remember that and I said yeah and she got really like pale and was kind of weird about it and eventually it comes out that I was dead like when they when they did the whole thing like it stopped my heart or something and so like I have this memory of being moved around when I was actually not supposed to be able to remember it I guess and it was just kind of one of those weird things so anyway it must run in the family I don't know
0: (laughs) ah that is so wild so when you told your aunt's story i was like okay that's generally like what people say when they when they die or when they you know recall when people say that they recall what happens when they when they died it's a similar story to that or they see a light and they go towards the light you know it's always one or those two things that happens right and i always said you know when i died It it wasn't anything like what people say. (laughs) And it's more like yours. So I was a trigger warning for anyone who is pregnant. (laughs) You may not want to listen to this. But when I was pregnant, they actually gave me uh, two full epidurals. Oh, wow. And Yeah. And they overdosed me (laughs) and I died. (laughs) But it was I know it was the funniest experience, though, like. It was, it was so funny. So (laughs) my OBGYN that I had was this little tiny girl. She was so small, like a little fairy, so cute. And I was this giant walrus, you know? (laughs) And so she comes up to me, I am overdosed, okay? I am, everything is hilarious to me because I'm dying right now. Like I'm not getting the oxygen that I need. Like it's a bad time and but i think everything is funny it's got me like super high basically is how i felt in that moment and so this little tiny woman walks up to me and she's so concerned and she's telling me that she's got to try to roll me over and i'm just laughing at her because how is she gonna move me she is like a toothpick but okay so i'm hysterically laughing at this Then everybody starts, like, telling me, like, the nurses, my mom was in there, and everyone starts freaking out, telling me to breathe. And I'm like, I am breathing. So they actually bag me, which if anyone doesn't know what bagging someone is, it's um, like a form of CPR, but basically with a bag, you know?
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: To try to get the person to (laughs) to breathe again, because I wasn't and i remember because they also had me hooked up to the heart monitor and i remember looking over and seeing it flatline and i was like in my mind even in that moment i didn't realize that i was dead i just thought i just thought that's so weird and janky that the hospital equipment quit working (laughs) (laughs) like so i'm just i I, I think that it's also funny, I everyone's facial expressions, I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I still didn't know that I died until I was out of the hospital three days later. And I was sitting down talking about my pregnancy story and someone asked, so when's the next kid? And I said, Oh, probably never. That was like a wild experience that I don't think I want to do that again. And I was explaining everything that happened, like the monitor, like flatlined and they didn't know what they were doing. And I'm just like critiquing everyone. Like they had no idea what was going on. And my mom is just white as a ghost.
1: Oh yeah. I was gonna say, cause I'm sure she's thinking like, what is this, what is she talking about?
0: Yeah, she was like, how do you remember any of that? And I was like, what do you mean? Cause I was there? Like, I, are you kidding me? I was giving birth. I was literally pushing a child out of me. Like, of course I remember, but no, she was like, no, Ashley, you, you were dead. <laughs> Honey, we lost go. you. But she never wanted to tell me because she didn't want to scare me.
1: Exa- yeah Yeah. Well, and I, I guess probably that makes sense in for some people. I I don't know that it's like something a lot of people would be excited to know. <laughs> I was. But cool. But then there's some of us that are like, oh no, okay, yeah, that's cool.
0: <laughs> it makes sense why I thought it was funny, I guess. But ugh.
1: the the woman yeah. who laughed at death, literally. <laughs>
0: But weird that we had very similar experiences. That makes me feel like our stories are true and everyone else I call shenanigans a little
1: bit. Precisely. Precisely. Shenanigans across the board.
0: But we do have all of your uh, links and socials that are down in the description. So everyone needs to go and check out Neil because he is freaking amazing. The moment he came across my FYP. (laughs) He was just this awesome dude. And he had a bow tie on. Like, You guys don't understand how much I freaking love bow ties.
1: I'm, I'm literally wearing my bow tie right now because I didn't have time yes. to change after getting home from work today. so yes.
0: I, demand, I demand when you make merch, there is a bow tie.
1: I will, uh, I will see what I can do about the bow tie. I think I might be able to pull that off. Um, Heck
0: yeah, because I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I've I have my Deadpool bow tie and I wear that.
1: <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I, I always liked bow tie, but what's actually what got me into doing the bow tie thing is that, uh, the, I mentioned, uh, well, I, I, I might've, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I did talk to you about it previously is that one of my, in my line of work, I worked with, with youth that, that are learning the trade skills and things like that mm-hmm. and they had made wooden bow ties <gasps> and they were so freaking cool. And I got one that's got the, cl- it's got like a clock on it and it just looks so freaking awesome. And so I was like, yes, I need to get more of these.
0: <laughs> yes. So,
1: so then it turned into like my kids giving me bow ties because they're like, okay, fine. You know, dad, here you go. Whatever it's like. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's, that's part of why I have as many bow ties as I do have, because I just, I, I could, when I was a kid, I couldn't figure out how to tie them. And now I know how to tie them. And I'm like, I want to wear them all the time. <laughs>
0: mhm my well, my Deadpool one's one of the fake ones, You know, it's like a that's, clip on in the back. It's a cool though. I like it. <laughs> no bow ties are like way better than normal ties. I just, I'm just one everyone that's on record.
1: Okay. There you go. There you
0: go. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me, sincerely. Uh, your, uh, Your content on TikTok and Facebook is wonderful, but it is very fun to get to come on and actually talk to you.